Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is part three of a mini series that I've put together about the topic of manifestation. So, a philosophy that is about getting what we want in life, so changing our circumstances, receiving material items through following some manifestation steps. So if you have not listened to part one and two, definitely go back and listen to them. It's going to provide the context for this episode and it'll make a lot more sense. And there's a lot in these episodes, like all of the kind of training or topic episodes that I put out on this podcast, there's a, a lot of material in it. I'm not just kind of freestyling on one topic to get to just one point. There are a lot of points and a lot of different kind of headings and subject matter pieces in these episodes. So while you're kind of contemplating one thing that I present, there is probably a few more things that I'm presenting along the way. And that's just the nature of um, this kind of continuous discourse style of speaking. But yeah, there's a lot in them. So definitely go back to one and two and repeat them as well whenever you can so that you can get more out of it. Make the most out of my time as well. You may or may not be able to hear that. I have a little bit of a blocked nose. I'm a bit congested. I'm just coming out of a pretty rough flu for a few days and I did not manifest that, but I'm not going to get too distracted and go into that. Maybe that'll come up later, but I really want to get into closing off this topic. So part one and two, we're really breaking down what this system is and what are some of the pitfalls of this system? What are some of the theories that we may have adopted that don't actually make sense? There are a lot of manifestation teachers out there. Manifestation philosophy for this reason has become really robust meaning there's a lot of people feeding intelligence and ideas and experience and authority into this system and topic, this new age system and topic. And for this reason, it is lacking a lot of questioning, but there's, you know, a lot of followers to the system. So I've covered pretty much what not to do and what to really kind of be aware of because a lot of these ideas, you know, use your mind, align your vibration. That's the only obstacle is your vibration and your mind. These ideas, they sound internally coherent, but that's because we are embedded in a culture that just lives on the surface of reality. It means we also live on the surface of our ideas. We live on the surface of systems. This is a result of the stress that is, you know, the embedded in our culture, embedded in our bodies. So because of that, we lack the slowness, the pause, the consideration, the yin component of our nervous systems and of the reality. And this means that we can adopt a lot of things that kind of sound right. So if something kind of sounds right, we will adopt it fully into our belief system and we will start to also become a proponent of it. We will start to share it. We will, you know, tell other people it's true as well. And it, it starts this kind of circle that things that are not true and don't make sense and are not helpful. And by helpful, it's not about things being good or bad. It's about are they 
delivering, are they likely to deliver the intention that it says it will, right? So that's pretty clear with manifestation. It says that you can achieve anything that you want as long as you follow this, this, and this step. But is it likely to do that? And the reality is, is that it's not. The way it's being taught, it's not likely to do that. But then when it's not likely to do that, then we go back to the teachers. And the teachers are, you know, they are in a position of power. They have received some circumstances that are highly desirable to their followers and their students. And then we go back to them. The The fact that it doesn't work actually propels the system further and we go back to the teachers and they spout some more um, ideas and might sound logical but again it's just on the surface in the first episodes I really broke down you know why what to be wary of and what what doesn't make sense of these philosophies and today I'm looking forward to sharing with you what does work in manifestation systems and practices why do I love it so much? What works and how does it work? And hopefully this will inspire you and just in general help you to have a bit more sharpness and clarity and effectiveness in the practices that you choose to try with your precious time and energy and with your significant desires and needs that you have. The point of this podcast is to support you to have a more clear, more effective practice. So like I mentioned previously is that I have a manifestation practice. I'm not poo-pooing the entire idea. I do believe the universe exists. I do believe that mystical, magical elements of practice are valid and significant. And yeah, I, I have a consistent, magical and logical and subconscious mind manifestation practice. But I can connect to goddesses and universal energy and visualize all day long. But that's not, you know, that's not what works. Um, and the gurus will say it's because you're not aligned enough or your desire is too weak or your vibration is too low or you're not experiencing enough pleasure or gratitude. Depending on which vein, there's so many branches of manifestation practice. Which which ones? Is it a subconscious mind one? Is it a mind over matter one? Is it a pleasure and orgasms one? Is it gratitude and the gratitude vein? There's so many different ones. And it might be true. Your desire might be too weak. Your vibration might be too low, whatever that means. You might not be in experiencing enough pleasure or gratitude. That actually might be true. But what I want to present today is that in my experience, kind of going over it as a teacher, looking at it, there are three parts to a manifestation practice, three correct or three valid parts to the practice that actually do make a difference. And you can visualize all you want, but that's only one step when I'm going to explain why. And most teachers and schools, they really just focus really the manifestation philosophy really just focuses on the first part and the rest is just a fluke. The rest is just left up to, um, I guess the philosophy would say it's left up to the universe, but then it's not really a practice if it's only one step and there's other steps that can absolutely be taken that need to be taken to kind of finish the manifestation practice. If it's not done, then it's like you're kind of just, it's up to the universe anyway. So why are you putting an effort to that one step that kind of doesn't really finish it off for you? 
So, I mean, this is a huge topic about these three parts, but let's just start here. Let's start with the subconscious mind. Um, manifestation theory is usually paired with these psychological concepts. And when we're thinking about the subconscious mind, this is actually what's more than likely being talked about and encompassed in this idea of your vibration, right? Your vibration is the, if we want to actually think about what is that talking about, it's talking about, you know, the the condition of your nervous system. And predominantly, the condition of your nervous system is unconscious. So your conscious mind is what appears in words, what takes that kind of linear sequence, what you can organize in your thoughts, which is mostly through words, sometimes images as well. And the unconscious mind is is pretty much everything else. There's so much of our experience that is unconscious, you know, body-based. And let's look at it this way. If you think about our biology, it's optimized for survival. And we're wired so that our priorities are subconsciously set. So we live in a pattern and that pattern has been previously decided. We don't reinvent that pattern every day. We live in a pattern. We're wired into a pattern and that pattern has already been decided based on our genes and our family conditioning. So our day-to-day patterns, the way we live our life and therefore, so our patterns, it determines our behaviors and our circumstances. So this is this idea that our vibration, our patterns, our biology is determining the behaviors that we take, the way we act, the way we think, the way we act. And that, of course, determines our circumstances. So these patterns, our behaviors, our circumstances are designed, are wired in for survival, 100%. That's the purpose. It's not wired in for wellness or thriving or entrepreneurial success or cultural pleasures. So we're living in a pattern that is designed for survival. And really the manifestation philosophy says that we can override and optimize our subconscious patterns in ways that can support us in creating circumstances around us that we consciously desire. I'm just going to repeat that again. So the manifestation philosophy, what the opportunity for us is that we can override and optimize these patterns in certain ways that can support us in creating circumstances around us that we consciously desire. So if we can change our subconscious patterns, if we can override them and optimize them, they can help us to manifest the things that we want, to create circumstances, to help us behave in ways that will create circumstances around us. The idea that it will magnetize situations to us is a poetic way of talking about this process and love poetry big, big fan of poetry, but we don't want to have a poem as the instruction manual of something we're spending, you know, our life dedicated to. It's not, we don't want a poem. We want to actually understand what's happening. So there's so much elaboration on this poetic way that things are going to get magnetized to you. The universe will magnetize things to you. That's not true. If we can optimize our subconscious patterns, 
It will support us in creating circumstances, support us to create the circumstance. We will be creating circumstances. Our behaviors will be creating circumstances. Of course, this is a nervous system perspective. It's a personal perspective. It's not a non-dual perspective. Um, not going to get into a lot of the nuance here, but on a whole, manifestation is both a deconditioning and a cultivating process. Part one and two of our three-part method for functional spirituality. It's not part of the awakening and non-dual reality, although they're not all separate. There are some threads in the non-dual part of our spiritual practice that can absolutely support our manifestation practice, but really the philosophy belongs in deconditioning and cultivating. Okay, right? So this is a much more grounded, functional kind of manifesto for a manifestation practice that we can optimize our patterns, subconscious mind, our patterns in ways that are going to support us to create the circumstances that we desire, you know, opposed to something like the more pleasure, sexual pleasure and orgasms that you experience in your day-to-day -day life, the more money and other material pleasure and wealth will automatically be magnetized to your experience from the quantum field into your life. That is not true. That is a beautiful, poetic way of describing, so maybe not true, but that's not the logical, that's not an instruction. That's a poetic way of describing the practice, but let's actually find out how the practice works and then go into beautiful poetry about how it can work. So I want to speak about, I said there's three parts to this process. The first part about how manifestation works, which is what most of the systems are focusing on, although they're not explaining it in this way, is the three R's of your priority. So a manifestation practice, this can be things like visualizing, aligning your vibration, gratitude, reprogramming the subconscious, like, right? Like all of these um, main tools of the manifestation practice, vision boarding, imagining, journaling, all of these practices, they help you to leverage the power of clarity. So there is a huge power in clarity. If you put, you know, the same amount of energy into a laser, it can cut through steel. If you put it into a light bulb, it will, you know, diffuse into a room. So there's a power of having clarity and of having focus, you know, in the more fluffy kinds of manifestation practice that'll say, you know, if you're, if you have clarity, you know, you're clearing out your blueprint, you're sending out clear vibrational waves, the universe is listening, or the more brain and sciency versions are saying your reticular activating system. So the part of your brain that starts to focus on things that you, that somehow it deems as important. So when you get a silver Yaris, you start to see them on the road everywhere. But there is a huge power. Step one, this first part of manifestation is getting really clear. So selecting a scenario, there's so much material. There are so many desires that we have. There's so many things that would feel good. There's so many things that we want. But to select a scenario, and this could be many, but getting clear about something that you really want from the myriad of material 
inside your subconscious mind. Things that are important, priorities have been pre-selected. We want to create a new priority because whatever your priority is, you will get done. Whatever your priority is. But the priority that you have in your conscious mind, your conscious mind is like, there's different numbers on here, but say between 2 and 5% of your entire processing power. 95 to 98% of your processing power, you're an incredibly strong, complex, and creative processing machine. 98% of that is unconscious. So whatever priority you have in your conscious mind, oh, I really want to eat healthy today. Oh, I really want to exercise today. Oh, I really want to work on this today. Oh, I really want to... That conscious decision is almost irrelevant. All of the power is pretty much already in your subconscious mind. And in the subconscious mind, there are patterns, there is priorities that have been set. You might have this priority to go to Brazil, you know, in your conscious mind. Yeah, I really want to go to Brazil. I'm going to go to Brazil. I really like Brazil. And that's, that's this priority. And you never get there. But then what if your parent that you really, really love is in Brazil and they, you know, have an accident and they're trapped there and they really need help? you'll be on the next flight there. You know, or there's so many examples of, you know, not having enough time to do something that consciously is a priority for you to lose weight or to get healthy or to, you know, work on that business or work on that project, something that you know has potential. But it's a priority in your conscious mind. If your unconscious mind doesn't think it's a priority, it's not going to happen. So what we want to do, the first part of manifestation practice, how it can and how it does work, is to help you to find your priority because there's so many things that you want. I want a trip to Brazil. I want a million bucks. I want to move into this house. I really want this relationship. I really want um, this job. To find a priority, find something you really want, really find it, get that clarity, and then to imprint it into your pattern. So it's not enough to have a desire. It's not enough to have a really strong desire. It's not enough to just visualize but we want to imprint this priority into our pattern. How do we do this? We want this priority, right? We want this desire to become a priority into our pattern. We want it to be a part of our conscious and unconscious experience. We do this with three R's. We reiterate it, we refine it, and we realign it. So reiterate is to repeat it, to reiterate, to continue to impact it, imprint it into the unconscious. We want to refine it. So we want to continue to come back to it. Look at this priority, look at this vision, look at this desire and refine our understanding of this desire. Is this what we really want? Is this something that one layer of us has said that we want, but another layer contradicts with another layer. So we want to keep refining it and similar realigning it. So as our life changes externally, as our understanding of it changes, we can realign it and let it shift. And all of that refining and realigning is also a way of reiterating it. This is important to me. This is important to me. This is the vision. This is what I want. This is how it looks. This is what I want and need. That's a way of imprinting it into our unconscious mind. So the second part is when we have that clear priority, the power, the even bigger power that we have 
is, you know, the clarity is so important, right? Because there's so many things that we want, but getting clear about which one is the one that we are going to manifest. The second is, once we have that clear priority, is now we have a focus for our strategy. This is totally missing in the manifestation systems, is that we need a strategy. Just having the end goal and trusting. Oh, it just doesn't even make sense. Like, does it, is it trusting to kind of come back to your manifestation practice all the time? This is where it kind of doesn't make sense anymore. And then, you know, the gurus can very easily say, oh, well, you're not doing it. So if you are repeating it every single day, coming back to your visualization with pleasure and with gratitude. Why are you repeating it so much? You must not trust. And if you are just doing it once and really just trusting that it's coming, then no, 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 you need to keep repeating it, you know? So which one is it? Is it is it trusting it if you're always strengthening your desire, which is your need, which is the lack? Desire is lack. <laughs> so we actually need to have a strategy. Really how manifestation works, if you remember first the first and second episode, it's not about this person, universe person, parent, authority person granting you your wish if you're a good enough person according to the manifestation principles set out by Tony Robbins. Like that's not how the universe works. What we need is a clear priority to start to imprint it in our subconscious mind so all of our subconscious resources can support us but in that conscious mind there is so much power in our conscious mind even though it's small compared to all of our power there's still heaps of power and it's not enough to just focus on that end goal it's not enough to just focus on the desire we also want to be visualizing and writing and imagining and planning and acting in alignment with that end goal we're not just visualizing the end goal, but we're also visualizing and imagining and sensing and feeling and writing and planning and acting. How will I get there? What are my next steps? How will it look? What could I do? This idea that we just need to trust the universe, like as if it's a person that's going to feel hurt if we don't trust them, if we don't trust that they're powerful, like that's just all some random crap that is aligned with what I was trying to disprove in the first few episodes. That universe is not a sensitive, emotional person that we need to trust. The universe is an impersonal environment around us. We need to navigate. How am I going to get there? This is my priority. I do believe trust and love and all of that. That's We're going to talk about that in the third part. But now we need to think about our strategy. How will I get there? Because there is so much power in your resources. Part two is a strategy for your resources, your attention, your network, your energy, your time, your finances, your intelligence, your creativity, and those are just your personal resources. Your resource pool is huge, if not infinite and universal, because you're connected to a huge external resource pool. So how are you going to leverage your internal resources, which you have a little bit more control over, and the external resources around you, everywhere around you? You're connected into your community, your environment, your family, your network. There's so many resources when you have that really clear priority and then you start to have a focus for your strategy and you have a strategy session. We spoke about this a lot in our last module. Some of you know about our therapeutic embodiment training. We had a 
our last module last week was about um, looking at business, looking at a new understanding of business and really having this, this strategy, a new form of looking at business strategy, which is really about connecting to your resources, not just in that linear way and you know, how, what is my budget? And like, that's your resource, but really thinking creatively about your resources and sensing intuitively what feels aligned for you. So that is going to be so important to manifesting what you want is to have this really yin ritualistic time where, which is totally not part of our culture. We're very aligned with just action and, you know, and, We're trying to find a strategy for our action. So spending time visualizing, writing, imagining, planning in alignment with that goal. How does that goal look like? How would I get there? What could next steps be? What are opportunities? And having a strategy around it. So I hope that makes sense. There's so much more to explain about that process, but giving you an idea for you to assess against your own practice. And finally, connecting to the universal potentiality right whether this is through archetypes or goddesses or lakshmi meditations there's you know this this idea about the universe it's um, widespread in manifestation practice but what i want to talk about is just thinking again about this pattern really ultimately i've given you that manifesto about manifestation practice that it's about optimizing our subconscious patterns in ways that are going to support us to create the circumstances around us that we consciously desire. And these patterns, they're very often patterns of smallness. They're patterns of safety. They're patterns of mediocrity. When the reality of the universe, the reality of the potential of our lifetime is huge. It's much, much bigger. It's infinitely complex which means there's a lot of potential. It's infinitely miraculous. So the potential is infinite in many ways. Yes, there, you know, the manifestation philosophy wrongly, the new age one wrongly says that everyone has equal access to these manifestation steps. So therefore everyone has equal access to manifesting anything that they want in their lives and although that's ultimately true it's not very helpful if it doesn't take into consideration the different resources and the different strategies that everyone is going to have to employ and that everyone is going to need to employ a strategy so it really does consider the different resources that are available to people so you know if we if we want to optimize and override our patterns connecting to this infinitely complex, infinite potential, infinitely miraculous reality of the universe is a pattern-shifting realization. So to have a mystical element to your spiritual practice is going to allow a reshaping and an expansion of your beliefs. So like I said, this could be through goddess worship, archetype worship, energy worship, you know, connecting to the universal energies of abundance, gratitude, love, you know, which is 
if you've done Silent Retreat with me, we speak a lot about universal energies and the difference between personal and universal. But even just sensing those energies, abundance, gratitude, how they are expansive. And they can, like I said, they can reshape and expand our beliefs. And they can also create a tendency to think and to desire and to work towards bigger things. So we can be confident and trust the bigger desires that we have to allow bigger desires to try bigger things. So this is, you know, it works as we start to expand and reshape out of some patterns of smallness and safety and mediocrity. And we start to connect to energies that expand us. That's going to realign. And when we realign and refine and we try to find that clarity of our priority in that first part, it's going to change. We're going to feel confident to really desire the things that we desire. Because there's so much material, we might not choose the one that is the one that we actually want. We might choose some, might choose a material or desire to manifest that is actually quite small or that doesn't actually serve us, which is another huge thing. So we need to really understand that the universe isn't just guiding us over saying, oh no, this is, you know, it's only going to help us to manifest the right desires or anything like that. We have many different desires inside of us. We have toxic desires inside of us. We have helpful and healthy desires that are just keeping us safe and mediocre. We have bigger desires. So manifestation processes, really aligning, finding, um, uncovering a desire that really is going to support us in the biggest way possible and then to start to work towards it to get it really clear, to imprint it in our subconscious mind. And part of this series has come about from me manifesting the house and land that I purchased about a month ago. And if you read our newsletter, you know, there was after, after we put the offer in, you know, there was in my conscious mind, there was a little bit like, cause you know, it's, it's three hours away. So we only kind of viewed it for 20 minutes and then, you know, committed to it and just kind of umming and oing, you know, is that really what I want? And, you know, is it going to be good? And the house is really tiny. It's falling apart. The land doesn't have any trees on. It's all cleared. And so far away, is this, you know, what we really want? But I know that I had committed to it. I know that I'm really clear with what I want. And for so many years, I've been re-refining and imprinting. So all of my processing power, all of my strength, all of my clarity has been moving me towards the exact thing that I want because I have this daily practice of reiterating it and refine it and looking at the strategy. So when we actually rocked up here, moved in, woke up the next day, looked around, I was living in the exact thing that I wanted. It's a very unique property and we've been scouring the market and, you know, it's a, you know, the housing crisis, there's no properties. So we've been looking at all these properties and not really being able to find anything that's in our budget and all of that stuff. But of all the properties that we've looked at and hunted for, we've chosen this one. And this one that we've chosen is, it's perfect. It's everything that I could ever want. It's as if we've bought hundreds and hundreds of acres of forest because that's what we're surrounded in. We're a little um, eight acre block that's like totally cleared, but everything around is forest. Our nearest neighbor is a kilometer away. I'm living in that most perfect dream for me. Exactly what I want. All I want is to be surrounded by forest. 
And I guess a lot of people think that, but is that what they really want? Is that what's going to make them feel safe, comfortable, grounded? And for me, it is actually, because I've clarified that. So when this property came up, I knew it. I knew this takes all the boxes and I didn't have to consciously think that, but unconsciously it matched up with that imprint. So I acted on it. So in this way, having a really clear focus, and then I've moved myself towards this for for years. It's, it hasn't instantly come, no matter how clear I've been, no matter how much strategy I've had. But I haven't moved into something that hasn't felt right. It's actually now that I can see what's around me, I've manifested it, but I haven't pulled it out of thin air. I've selected and acted in a way that matches up with what I really, really want. And I haven't just trusted a thought in my mind of what I really want. I've spent a long time working with my unconscious, working with my feelings, working with my material, working with my desires, working with what feels good to help me to select this situation or to manifest this situation that is truly, deeply what I desired. So a little bit longer, I knew it was going to take me a little bit more time to explain out some of these bits and I really feel like I've just kind of glossed over it. So maybe we'll pull them apart and look at actual, you know, really break down the practices and methods for each of them. But for now, I'll leave you with these thoughts to um, work into your own practice at home love to hear your thoughts and thank you so much again for listening please share the episode i know a lot of you have mentioned that this is going to be an episode that you're going to enjoy sharing so please do share the link take a screenshot for your socials that would mean a lot to me and yeah let me know what you think about it always interested to hear your thoughts and enjoy the meditations coming up in the next few weeks and i'll chat with you soon thank you for tuning in to the functional spirituality podcast if you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.